Hello, and welcome to Superhuman Samurai CyberPod. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And we are continuing our episode-by-episode journey through SSSS Dynazenon. We are now on episode 10, Which Memories Do You Regret? All of them. Yeah, mo- uh, yeah <laughs> I did like, you know, 80%. <laughs> Bunch of them. Good chunk. Good chunk of them. This is the episode that is shot in exciting flashback vision Yes. Yes, and it, it, it also starts in animation-style off-model vision. Yes, and also there's no intro. Yeah, this... Yeah, which is... Uh, well, I think... It was around episode ten last season where they had uh, they were trapped in their own minds episode. Yes, which that made more sense why it was different. This one mm. doesn't quite, or at least doesn't start out that way. No, this definitely reminds me of the the thing I've talked about before with the uh, reaching the end of well, getting close to the end of your series and realizing you have a bunch of animation budget left over. <laughs> and yet, the, like, the, the beginning of this episode, I, I was afraid, it was like, oh, this is going to be the rushed episode, because everything was off-model. Not horribly so, but but it felt like, oh, we we spent the budget on the last two episodes, so we have to rush it, but then then it did sort of even out, so it didn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's feels, odd. That, like, it inconsistent animation off. doesn't happen that much in anime, usually. It feels off-model in a way that makes it feel... I'm reminded of the bit towards the end of Gridman when suddenly, like, one of the near-the-end episodes just started feeling a lot more triggery than previous episodes had. And that's... This is this feels like the difference is more like the sort of animation that the studio is known more for. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it was just jarring when it started. Neat. I like it. Well, it, it, it. Honestly, it just gave me flashbacks to episode four of uh, Gurren Lagann, uh-huh. where, like, episode four was, like, animated by... At the time, the joke was it was animated by one guy in a closet over a weekend. Because <laughs> it, it just felt so rushed and kinetic and different, and, and it was so off-model that almost everyone hates it. Hmm. <laughs> like, like the last time I rewatched Gurren Lagann, I skipped that episode. Aw. I mean, again, studio trigger, so. Yeah. Well, that that was... No, that was, was that still Gynex? That, that might have been before people left for trigger. Maybe. I think. But still, a lot of the same people. Yeah. Anyway. Alright, so yeah, they, we are just kind of hanging around watching some guys fly a kite. And uh, they note that, uh, you know, they haven't really seen a lot of kaiju lately. Maybe they're uh, they're at a season. Hmm. <laughs> and Maybe the, they, uh, they're the, all uh, hibernating. <laughs> but our, our villainous yacht club has indeed found a kaiju, and weirdly enough, it's already big-sized. Yeah, oh. it's not even a little baby one. And this is uh, Garnix... Which is like if a dragon was Sounds like a crystal gem. <laughs> li- like if a dragon had a body that was shaped like a football. Uh, yeah, it, it's very much guy walking on his knees. Yes, 
And it's very uh, robotic looking. Yes. Yeah, like shiny metal, but has like looks this like weird a Zord. Spy- oh, very Zord-like. has a spiral thingy on its back. Just, uh, mm. And it it doesn't really move in the episode quite. No, it's just kind of hanging around. Yeah, it's either standing there or zipping so fast it's a streak of light. And, of course, it doesn't have to move because it turns out its power is to incite the rapture. <laughs> like, basically... It's it's it like it if it creates an animation error where a character is there, then gone, and there's a shadow burned in the ground where they were, which yeah. is kind of horrific. Well, that's uh, that's got to have some real <laughs> cultural significance in Japan that it doesn't so much have here. Yeah. <laughs> like you better be real careful before you use that in a cartoon robot show, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's been eighty-ish years. It, it, it's, this is true. And it, it, it's it's not like this is original. It, it, it's stirring up primal horror in a way. Yes. But yeah, it, it's weird. And like first, it pops like does it pop away all of them or just no? It's one two. at a time. Yes. Because uh, Shizumu is the last one, and then he's all like, "Well, you know, now now at last we can be free or something like that." <laughs> Which is a hell of a thing to just say. Yes. And so we cut to our heroes, and it starts rapturing them as well. Uh, first is Yume, which of course uh, upsets Yamogi. But we, we almost instantly find out what the deal is, where she has been transported back to her past. Yes, which we've been complaining. It's like we don't know enough about these characters' past. A few episodes ago, I noticed that the opening includes their past. It's like, oh, hey, we finally put the clues together. Kind of. Yes. As really, she's in the form of like her child self. Yep, she's back to being a small. It's uh, there's a bit of the uh, uh, Doctor Who's weeping angels in this. Yeah, I can see what? that. Uh, just that the way people it just have like the rules, but people. Well, I mean, it doesn't have that, yeah. but just in the fact that it's a monster that sends people back in time. Yes. Yeah, well. But it, it, spoiler, I mean, it's, the it's, monster also absorbs the people into them while they're mentally in the past, right? Something. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a one for one thing, but I no. It, there, there's a similarity in theme there, except of course they're sent back to their own pasts, mm-hmm. and conveniently uh, they're sent back to the past that is relevant to the overarching plot of this show. <laughs> and something we flash back to before. It would be weird if somebody was just flash back to like. I don't know, that time they had like a nice weekend and they went to the movies. No, it, it's kind of flashing them back to their overarching trauma point. Yes. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, those are the, the things that are probably on their mind at the moment, so. Yes. Although, although apparently Yamogi is, uh, has had a fairly charmed life, as I think his trauma is what, like meeting the guy's mom's dating? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's like finding out, oh, his mom's dating someone now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he. That's kind of his his thing. Is he doesn't really have a lot of big, huge problems of his own, so Which, he like, sort of you'd think, like, gets involved in everybody else's. Did his parents just get divorced? Did his dad die before he was like had a memory? What? Maybe you think that the the dad issue more. Maybe than- it was like a really amicable divorce. Could be, but uh, yeah, sure that happens. 
It was, you know, it was, it was a conscious uncoupling, like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and that guy from Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, but but then you would think like, oh, that would still be traumatic for the child anyway. Oh, or, or yeah, maybe it did happen like before he was capable of forming memories, and or I don't know, maybe this guy's a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like it, it's odd that that his. His flashback point is like, oh, I met this new guy. Oh, what? Oh, shit. I don't like him. Yes. And I mean, <laughs> also it. the fact that his is relatively easy to deal with then frees him up to help everyone else. I mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that does kind of make sense. Because, yeah. like, he has the least going on, and him having the least going on is how he gets out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they can't, uh, you know... the. They can't form grid, uh, you know, they can't form Dynazenon because they are missing somebody. And, and then, so, then they go to climb up a building to jump onto the monster, yes. or jump into it, because they quickly figure out, oh, maybe they're inside the monster. And also, and also Grid Knight and, uh, and his pal show up. Yes. And of, Yay! And of course, and he gets, uh, and Grid Knight gets raptured back to his ante days where he's just gorging himself on what appears to be garbage. Oh. Yeah, back in the days when it was like he lived on a car. Oh, my baby! I, there's my very baby little son. of the flashbacks we see of Auntie, but we know what the fuck he went through. Yeah, we yes. know what his story was. Yes. Yeah, his is the second worst. We do kind of see Akane, like, blurry in the background, too. Yes. Yeah. So cameo there. Yeah. So yeah, she. So it turns out everybody who's been raptured is now inside this monster. So they have to get into it uh, via its mouth to, uh, to get in. Blips away. Yes, uh, basically, Chize and uh, uh, Second. Yeah. Are are left protected by uh, by Goldburn. Yes, he scoops but, uh, them but, up. But uh, Koyomi and Gauma both get raptured. Yes, and we see. Uh, I guess we can. We can. I mean, this this all proceeds sort of non linearly, but we can kind of yeah, deal with everybody's flashbacks in turn. Yeah, uh, because yeah, most of them, you know. Uh, Koyomi, we see him with uh, uh, Yamogi's boss and that bag of money, and it <laughs> seems that maybe it wasn't real money. It like uh, it, it's a no. I, I wish there was more flashbacks, but then you would have to stretch it out to yes. the episode or two episodes. But his is kind of the most annoying because we get we get the least actual answer to what the fuck's happening. Like, okay, maybe it was real money. Maybe it was counterfeit money. Maybe it was just a bag of Yakuza money, or there was counterfeit money, and they would still want it back. It's like... Or maybe they were like... I have so uh, many questions. Maybe they were shooting a movie, and it's like fake money? That they left in an abandoned warehouse? Sure. Or abandoned... No, they, they, were, they were shooting the movie in the abandoned warehouse. <laughs> I, it just seems like, like that's something the prop guy should keep check of, because that's his fucking job. Like it was a Yakuza movie. It's still very weird. It's like they they drive to the middle of nowhere beach and 
And then they're standing there with the bag open, and the wind just catches the money, and it flies away. And it's now zip that thing up, man! Come on, on the beach. It's windy. The ocean's right there. But but also, there's so little dialogue in that. I don't know what what is going on between them. I mean, the like, the, the, the one bit I liked about that is that at one point, you know, Yamogi is sort of going through everybody's flashbacks. And he's like, is that my supervisor? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, that was funny. But I, I like wanted more explanation from that. Although yes. I, it, it, it kind of reminds me. There, there's a Japanese movie about. Well, it's kind of a movie about food. Tan Popo. I've heard of it. It's about a, a noodle shop mostly, but it's also a series of vignettes that I heard so much about. It was like so much praise. And then when I finally watched it, maybe I was in a bad mood. I didn't like it. Like I liked segments of it, but mm-hmm. as a whole, it just didn't gel for me. Because, like, my favorite part was, like, with with a criminal and, and having his whirlwind romance with a woman, I gets gunned down at the end or somebody gets shot somewhere. Hmm. And, like, I was invested in that short, but I wasn't invested in the wraparound story. Hmm. <laughs> so I was like, like this episode, it felt disjointed, and I, I, I was getting some entertainment, but I wasn't getting what I wanted enough. And and then like th- that money bag part is is like maybe my central problem with this episode. I I didn't hate this episode, but it might be my least favorite. I liked it because I like people having trauma. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, the problem is I think it was done way better in the Gridman episode. Mm. I mean, there, there's, there's some. Well, admittedly, that was the reverse because that was like they were getting their dream world, which was broken. Yes. And there's some. I, I like some of the animation tricks they do with this, with like the the shattering and oh yeah, uh, Yamogi trapped glass. beneath various reflective surfaces. Yeah, there's, which might explain why at the beginning of the episode looked a little half-assed. Like they were putting it into more wacky effects. So and uh, anyway. go on, sorry. And so, so Galma, his his flashback takes place. Uh, what was it? Fifty thousand years ago? Five thousand? Five thousand years ago? An, an implausible amount of time ago. Yeah, much and too long ago. He, he's in this ancient kingdom, and he was part of the Kaiju Genesis Yacht Club. But they're yes. still wearing their ridiculous yes. Yacht Club outfits. Yes, they're wearing their current outfits, and then, and then we see other people. Well, a couple, but they're dressed like. Like 14th century Japanese outfits, but it's supposed to be even further ago. But it's, uh, what? It's very weird. And the Yacht Club, Club outfits, how did, did they bring them from the past? <laughs> yes. They just knew. They knew that's how they were supposed to dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gauma's flashback is confusing enough in an interesting way that it's fine and also feels like we're going to get more of that. So we see that he's conflicting with these guys because he's taken the princess's side Yes, and they think that the the kingdom is just using them for their kaiju control abilities and he ends up killing all of them. Yeah, like I like the way they were the, the, I think the eugenicists were saying that they were going to kill them anyway. Yeah. But Galma's like no, but I'm working for the country. Because the princess, I like the princess. It's there's a princess. Yes, that that is interesting conflict. That that things are going on, and I want more. Mm-hmm. Not what's with the money back. Yes. Yeah, the, the Galma stuff is really 
heavy for him. Also, his seems to skip more chunks of times. Like, we see him first meeting the princess with the eugenicists, and then we see him murdering them. <laughs> yes. While shirtless. And he also yeah, dies. Yeah, he needs to put on a shirt. It's more of Galma needing to put on a shirt. Yes. And he doesn't really get to see this princess in his flashback, which disappoints him. Well, no, he sees her arriving, and then it, then it yes, skips but... to the murder bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we see him get his little little sick scar on his face, which I would have thought there'd be more interesting than, oh, he just got scratches during that fight. Yes. All right, so the... Uh, and then uh, the, the main emotional thrust of the episode is, uh, is Yume, who and we see, you know, her very distant relationship with her sister... You know, no, there's no real animosity there. It's just, you know, they, they just don't have a lot of common, and uh, the one's a fair bit older than her. Yep, she's trying to be friendly, and her sister's just like, whatever. Yes. And then finally she does uh, confront her, strangely, as a, as a young adult, on this uh, floodgate. Well, yeah, because... Forget names. Yeah, Yamogi. He has now. Yeah. yeah, he's broken through, and she says, "You know, can I have like a little more time in here? Will you break the other guys out? I got like emotional shit to deal with here." I like yeah. how she calls her, or she calls him on uh, dinosaur. Yes. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Like when they go into the, the, their past memories, their little robot toy comes with them and breaks. Yes. And they sort of end up getting, like, pieces of it that... It's kind of a conceit that needs more time to to like, work with. Yes. Did, I mean, I think this... I think this a two-parter would have been too much. Yeah, but it feels like it should have, like, started in Medias Res, like yes. it did in Gridman. Yes. Or, like, so, if, like, the monster showing up at the end of the last episode, and one of them pops away, and it's like, what the fuck? And then skip to this episode, we're already in it. At least cut a few minutes out. So, yeah, so it turns out she just, you know, she's kind of embarrassed about her singing, so she just comes up to this floodgate to, like, practice where nobody's around, and she really had no suicidal intentions, so her death was, in all likelihood, unless you return to this plot, just a tragic accident. Yeah, she she comes up to, to find her and is like, don't die, and she's like, I wasn't planning on dying? Like, okay, <laughs> I won't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's well done, but then it feels odd that the subplot has been going on so much and taking up time in the other episodes. And we get to yes. this resolution, which is like, no, everything's okay. Is it going to get? Yeah, it, it is a little like, I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh, I wish that things had been sadder. But it does kind of make it feel like that whole subplot has been not for nothing, but maybe no, kind it, of for nothing. It it, mm-hmm. it just feels like they spent too much time on it. Because right. they were doing it in basically every episode. When we get to it, it's like, it's a good resolution. Kind of. I mean, it maybe the there'll be more to it, but yeah, it does feel like that was a lot to invest in something that ends up you know, not being that much of a mystery. Also to the point, I was thinking, wait, are they going to retcon time? 
is, is the sister going to be okay? What? Maybe, but th- th- that apparently doesn't happen. No. Unless no, it happens I... next episode where she's just there. Yeah, the, so at this point, you know, the whole city is kind of being blanked out, and Yamogi is going from flashback to flashback, breaking people out. Uh, Grid Knight is extremely ungrateful for this. <laughs> well, yeah, because he, he says, I could have gone down on my own. He probably could have. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he, he was wallowing in the past He for just a bit. says, I didn't need your help. Hmm. Mm. Which is... oh, and, and you may finally uh, solve this Ankh puzzle. Yes. Yes, the magic rings trick. She did it. Yay. Galma needs a shirt. That's my takeaway from this episode. <laughs> Why did he take off his clothes? He's in a fight. We never find out why he took off his clothes. Because <laughs> he's Galma. So, yeah. He'll just take off his clothes with little to no provocation. So everybody gets out of this uh, this monster. They, uh, they, they summon... Uh, they summon Dynazine on. Uh, Grid Knight goes uh, giant kaiju guy. Yeah, he jumps off of the back of one of the vehicles and then just like wraps his leg around the kaiju and does kind of a hurricane rana where he just flips the monster over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there's a really cool shot where whilst they are all disassembled in front of, I believe, the moon or possibly the sun. Yes, well, they have merged into Dynazine on. And then, they, like, the, the, the monster, like, dashes through them to break them apart at light speed. They break right, apart, get can... in front of the moon, silhouetted, and then they form all together into King, Grid, Knight, whatever it's called. Uh, Kaiser Gridman. Yes. And so he, he forms, like, a giant ring of energy, because it can't catch the thing. It moves too fast to do its manipulation of time. Oh, yeah. So instead they just... That's a neat trick. Like, it, it's an Ultraman attack where he forms, like, a blade of light in its hand. And yes. It would normally throw that at the monster to cut it in half. But instead of throwing mm. it, it just expands the ring out infinitely until it catches the light speed monster and slices it in half. Yes. Oh, and they're in, like, an apocalyptic void... Yeah, because it has absorbed everything around it. There's nothing left. Yes, and we had seen when uh, Chisu and the second were up in uh, Goldburn, just patches of the world disappearing into it. So, yeah, it was rapturing everything, and now it's all coming back. And then this does raise the question of what exactly this world is. Again. Uh, what? Well, is is this the quote unquote real world? Is this a virtual world? Is this a la, the, real uh, the last life? show? Presumably, is since, this just since fantasy? Night and yeah. Second are there. It's the same world that Kane created last season, which became more than just a city, but an actual full real world at the end. That had things five thousand yeah. years ago. Yeah, the the, the five thousand yeah. years ago part is weird. Yeah, is is this my beautiful house? Is this my beautiful wife? <laughs> and I, I may ask myself, how did I get here? Yeah, okay, that does right. Like, was oh, I think I asked it at the beginning of the season. Like, was this actually a world that was already there and just dead? Mm-hmm. And Akane's mind like formed a city on it, or what? Eh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get an answer to that question. But it's interesting. 
so yeah, so now we're just kind of, you know, chilling out. Uh, you know, Yume is, uh, she's now at the floodgate. She's, uh, she's singing. She's got her closure. Yes. And, uh, they were planning to go to eat, but, uh, you know, because she's a little late in getting there, uh, by the time she gets there, Gamma just collapses in hunger. <laughs> yes, he's starved to death. Go, Must have crab. Go get him some live crabs. Oh yeah, and, and then I think second pulls out a, a, a like candy bar is gonna like run up and offer to him, and like Knight's like, no, 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 don't feed him. It's funnier this way. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the the rivalry between Gauma and Knight. Yes. And uh, yeah, so Gauma just kind of thinks about. Uh, Things about dying again. Yeah, yeah, he like that's the last shot. It's flashing back to him dead on the ground in the past. Yeah, you know, he thinks it's kind of funny. He thinks it's kind of sad. <laughs> but the dreams that the, uh, the the dreams in which he's dying are the best he's ever had. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, second after the ones where he's eating crabs. Yes, <laughs> crab ones are are very good, very important. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is the episode. It is uh, it's a little weird. Um, I, I kind of like the non-linear nature of it, and they do some interesting things with the uh, with the animation. But I think I'm kind of glad this Yume subplot is finally over. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's done. It just like half this episode feels like unfulfilling. I was kind of invested in everyone being sad and miserable, so I, like I said, I do kind of feel like that petered out a bit in a way that, I mean, maybe more is going to happen, or maybe it's not, and that's it. I, (laughs) being a terrible, angsty, miserable human being, my, my thinking was that her sister would be lying to her. Mm. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to, like... No, that doesn't fit with the episode. Which she is, would it's disappear, and then... Well, that's what, what I was thinking in the episode, is that, you know, Yume would go back, she'd leave, and then her sister would jump right off the floodgate. Yeah, but I, no, I was yes. half expecting that. Things yeah. are not actually that terrible. I'm just a terrible mm. person in thinking it. <laughs> yeah, that, that part was... It, it, well, the problem with that is, is it was so much lead-up to that. Yeah. The, the, the money bag is, is a subplot of a subplot, so that doesn't really need to go anywhere, but it's annoying that the, that it was there, and it's like, I wanted more. The Galma stuff was good. I love Galma. The anti stuff there was just enough to, to remind us of the shit he went through. Mm, yes. My son, my poor son, mm. my poor baby son. Oh, actually, okay that that would have been a w- better way to handle it. If most of the episode was like anti stuck in the past, then he breaks out at the end of the episode and we see everybody else the next episode. He doesn't mm. need their help. Although that mostly because like we fucking love Auntie and that would have been better. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I did, you know. I know that the 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 uh, looser art style bothered you, but I liked it. So, I it, it bothered me at first because I thought, oh, is this entire episode going to be like that? But it wasn't entirely. It, 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 it just gave me flashbacks to another show that did it. 
it's an okay episode. It's not great. I, I want more monster fighting. Okay, I, I want the emotions too, but the monster fighting, you have to balance it out. And, and it didn't quite hit the the fun that I liked in Gridman as much. <laughs> also, the problem is, like, Cliffjumper was a better main character. <laughs> he, because he had amnesia. Like, amnesia is such an annoying thing in fiction, <laughs> but it was one of the few times where it worked. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there was enough mystery and weird shit. It's like, why is this river raft, like, place disintegrating after they leave? Like, there was just enough weirdness. And, like, Twin Peaksiness. Mm-hmm. This is more by the book. I, I expect better after Gridman is the problem. Well, we've got two more episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which presumably is like we're going to find out more about Galma, I would guess, because that... I would yeah. assume so, because I think everybody that else... That last was... shot is definitely, like, loose ends. Give me more yes. Galma. Give me more Galma. I love him. He's such a disaster, and I love him. Mm. Yes, where did he get his shitty outfit from? <laughs> shitty neon outfit. So good. So pretty. <laughs> 5,000 years ago, when it was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think that should about do it for this week of Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod. Until next, you will, of course, find another episode of this next month. And next week, we'll be back on Robots in Disguise with Impounded. Yes. Yay! Uh, but until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses at patreon.com slash iacon underground uh, for the month of April. We will be watching an episode we're... We I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm probably not going to go... To, if I didn't go to the theater to see Moonfall, I'm probably not going to go to the theater to see Morbius. Uh, so it's probably for the best that uh, we will be actually watching an episode of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon featuring Morbius. Uh, I, we will have to, uh, I know I personally will have to wait a bit to, uh, to see how the accent from the cartoon stacks up to Jared Leto. <laughs> Do we still have a Rob? Did we lose Rob? Yes, yes, sorry, no, I, sorry, I had a catch in my throat. Oh, uh, no, uh, so yeah, that, uh, that will do us for, for this week, and, uh, until next week. Well, next month for this show, but next week for the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm trapped 5,000 years in the past, I think. Or is it the future? Why do I have a yacht jacket? I'm David. <laughs>